welcome back. Richard, it's good to see you uh, again <laughs> from your house. Yes, a um, little family uh, stuff going on today, so I had to stay here and help my daughter get up and out uh, this morning. So I thought, well, to save a little time, I just do the podcast from here. So if you hear noises in the background, dogs barking, um, other people talking, uh, hopefully you won't. I think I'm in an isolated part of the house, but uh, just um, that, 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 I call that a trigger warning. You know, you might hear stuff that you don't normally hear. Right, there you go. There you okay. go. Well, um, it's good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you. And and on this fine day before Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day Eve. Eve, the eve of Valentine's Day. That's right. Yeah. And so we're going to talk a little bit. We, you know, the last couple of weeks we've talked about um, maybe the, the the not so good side of right. uh, some relationships with divorce and you know having a, a child centered divorce and right. and everything. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about relationships and um, maybe some of the important things about a, a healthy relationship. That's right. Um, you know, it is Valentine's Day. We've been talking about relationships and marriages and co-parenting. And, um, you know, once again, we'd be remiss if we didn't say during this pandemic, uh, it has put an enormous strain on all of our relationships uh, with our children, with our partners. And and we I, I tell people, don't please don't underestimate the amount of stress, whether you're aware of it or not, the amount of stress that this whole mess is putting on your relationships. So be careful. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, again, we're going to talk about sort of the, um, the some of the key important components of a healthy relationship and right. um, how we can better celebrate it and enjoy it. That's right. Because Valentine's Day, like so many holidays, rolls around once a year. It's sort of a for many people, it's a little pesky reminder that, you know, it's a little poke that um, you're in a relationship and you got to take care of it and you have to recognize it and celebrate it. Um, and we thought, well, maybe it's a good time to talk about relationships and, and uh, see how to, see how to uh, build and maintain. Because what happens is that even, even in a successful relationship, uh, even when you know that a couple is in a good relationship, um, you often hear them talk about how difficult it is to, to, to do this and to maintain it. Uh, there is no such thing as an easy relationship. Right. People have relationships, uh, they're successful relationships if they work at it, okay? And, and, and so even though all of us long for this perfect partner, and I, and I think we all do, uh, we all long for, for finding this perfect partner, it's often difficult not only finding one, but it's even more difficult keeping the relationship happy and stress-free. Okay, Absolutely. so we stumbled onto this um, this article, and it's it, the organization is now called Paces. It used to be called Aces. Um, you know, the adverse childhood experiences. They now call it positive and adverse childhood experiences. So this popped up quite quite uh, by accident on their uh, website, and I thought, well. Let's take a crack at it because yeah. the article is about a stress-free relationship. Is it? And, and, and my first thought was, well, stress-free is probably an aspirational goal. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think you're ever going to get to stress-free. Um, and therein lies the problem because every relationship is going to have its stressors and its obstacles and its problems. And it's how you manage all those that will keep your relationship alive and healthy. Absolutely. You know, one of the, 
leading experts when it comes to relationships is the the Gottmans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, John and Julie Gottman, and mm-hmm. they they have a, a whole program where they to train therapists and 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 everything on how their research suggests we should be working with couples and. Right. Um, and even in their research, they say that you know, there, there is no such thing. Even, even the healthiest of relationships has stress. Even the healthiest of relationships, they, they have arguments and, and um, you know, they don't get along. They, they don't they don't always get along. They don't always um, find, see things eye to eye. Yeah. And it's not so much the ability to avoid those things. Mm-hmm. It's more the the ability to cope with them and how a couple um, deals with those disagreements that really makes the difference. Because like you said, you know, I, I don't know that there is a, a such thing as a stress-free um, relationship because mm-hmm. anytime you have two people with two minds, you're going to have two opinions. Right. And opinions may not be the same all the time. That's right. Because in, in every relationship, especially an intimate relationship, like a marriage, um, you're going to have disagreements about how to raise the children. You're going to have financial disagreements, purchasing disagreements, uh, job disagreements. Um, you, disagreements are going to arise, but you need to have two things. Now, first of all, you have to have the relationship has to be built on a very firm foundation. And we'll talk about what a firm foundation is later. But the second thing you need is you need a good way, an effective way of resolving your differences because you can't fight through all the differences. Right. You, you have to have a method. You have to have a process that you develop as a couple to keep your relationship alive and healthy. Right. A- absolutely. And, and it's so healthy when a couple has all of those things already planned. They, they already know. Okay, so when we, when we don't see eye to eye on something, this is what we do. That's when, right when we have an issue that we need to discuss, this is what we do. And, you know, having those things uh, Mm -hmm. planned and prepared ahead of time is is really important. So, right. And you, you often hear people say, well, we don't fight in front of the children. That's the, that's part of your plan. That's not the whole plan because you don't fight in front of the children. That's a good thing, but you need a whole process. It needs to go beyond that. You need a whole process or saying, we don't fight in front of the children and we don't call each other names and we don't hold a grudge and we don't, that's your process. And you have to, every relationship has to have a process for resolving your differences. You know, in business, we call it mediation. We, we go to a mediator, you know, the, the baseball professional baseball right now is arguing about um, uh, they're in a, they're in a close to a strike situation and it's likely that spring training is going to be delayed this year. So the owners and the players have gone into mediation. That's the process they use to solve their differences. And we need the same thing in our personal intimate relationships. Absolutely. Because, you know, relationships can simultaneously bring the most joy in that's your right. life, but it can also bring the most stress in your life. The most pain. That's right. It's, it's both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a a good relationship can bring that, that calmness, that, Mm -hmm. uh, that happiness. And, um, you know, and there's nothing better than that feeling of support and, you know, having that partner that you can share everything with and communicate with, and that is there for you to support you and everything. So, you know, it it can bring all of those very satisfying emotions um, and experiences when it's a good, healthy relationship. That's right. That's right. Because you're you're going to get you're going to experience both. 
these important relationships, like with an intimate partner or your children or your siblings, they have the most, they're the most emotionally important to you. And so they're going to bring you the most joy, but they're also going to bring you the most stress and the most pain. Uh, these are, these are the, your, your important relationships. And that's where, that's where the important issues are going to be discussed. The, the issues of consequence are going to be discussed. So you're going to have both great joy and great stress. Absolutely. And so, you know, as you said, we found this article where they talk, talk about the seven secrets of having a stress-free uh, relationship. And again, as you said, uh, saying stress-free is probably aspirational uh, right. because there's still going to be some stress. Right. Um, but there's this interesting quote about, um, you know, that a healthy relationship is one that, that you can depend on as a haven. That's right. It, it has to be your safe place. You know, how often do we hear people say, well, I'm at work all day and it's like a battleground, but when I go home, I'm going to my safe place, right? And that's what it should offer. Um, it should be the haven. It should be the place where you go, where calm exists. Okay. You want it to be such that your partner is the person that you can be vulnerable with, that you can share, you know, all of everything that's going on in your life, the decisions that you're trying to make, the things that you're trying to do, the things that are overwhelming and frustrating for you. You know, your, your partner should be that person that you can go to and share that with. That's right. And, and I know that I'm, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing when you do couples therapy and you can, you can tell pretty, pretty, uh, pretty soon in a, in a um, discussion, uh, whether it's a counseling or just a counseling session or just a conversation, you can tell pretty soon whether each person feels safe in the relationship. Right. Yeah, you, you, you just, it's just very obvious that there are, there are couples where you can tell that while they're struggling, they feel safe in each other's presence. Mm -hmm. And then you have other couples and you know that one or both just don't feel safe in this relationship. And that's what we talk about the foundation. If, you've, if you're feeling safe and secure in the relationship, you have a solid foundation on which to um, do all the other things you need to do to maintain the relationship. But if that basic security is lacking, um, it's, it's, it's probably going to be a, a very difficult relationship in a difficult time. Absolutely. So let's, think, let's talk about these seven secrets right. that, that this author uh, brings up. Mm -hmm. And the first one is teamwork. And, and I really like this because, right. you know, the, the idea that a, a relationship, a, we'll just say a marriage, Mm -hmm. is is all about teamwork right you know, you're working right. together um yes you're both still individuals mm -hmm. but you're individuals that come together as as a team to um you know accomplish the same task you you have right. the same mission the same goals mm -hmm. um and so you know teamwork is is critical right you know that that goofy friend there is no i in team you know that that silly thing that we see on movies um, and, and in a way, it's right. Um, there, the, a team, the relationship, the, the team that you form should be at least as important as each individual. When I'm counseling couples prior to them getting married, um, there's this delicate balance because you can't lose yourself in a relationship. You can't lose your identity in the relationship. Right. But yet you have to create the relationship has to be at least as important as you are. And when I see couples and you can tell when one or the other is reluctant to give up too much of themselves 
to form a relationship, that couple is probably going to have problems. It, this is a team effort, and both people have to be fully invested, and both people have to be doing the hard work. One person can't keep a relationship alive. Absolutely. And the, the really important part, too, of, as it relates to teamwork is that both people are, are equally important. You know, it's not that, well, this person is the most important of the right. team. Right. Um, mm-hmm. no, everybody is important. Everybody has a critical role. Everybody has a, um, like you said, everybody needs to feel safe and everyone mm-hmm. needs to, be, uh, to feel as though they have an equal say. And, right contribution so right and and when we talk about teamwork um again we're talking about two people working together and you can you can put whatever metaphor you want but if you think of a team of horses they're not always pulling exactly the same weight all the time okay and so you have to be able to compromise in a relationship first of all the relationship has to be equally important to both people if it's more important to one person than the other probably not going to work. It has to be both partners have to be, have to value the relationship above everything else that, that, it, that it becomes important, that the relationship is important and we're equally invested in that. And when it comes to compromise, both partners have to be open to compromise, but they have to realize that compromise doesn't always exist in the middle. Right. You, you, you know, you may have to give up a little more than you really like to. But if you're in a safe and secure relationship, you're OK with that. Right. OK. It's only in an insecure relationship where you feel that it has to be equal. It's never going to be equal. OK. But if you're in a secure relationship, if you're in a relationship that you value, you don't mind giving in a little bit more here and there. Absolutely. Okay. This is teamwork. That's what it requires. Absolutely. The second secret is now we're really starting to get into the Gottman stuff here uh, right. because they are all about trust. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I think that we, we tend to understate sometimes the, the importance and in, in the critical nature of trust. Right. You have to, you have to be able to trust your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's not just trust in that, um, you know, as it relates to fidelity or exactly like right. that mm-hmm. we're talking about trust that if, if he says that he's going to do something, he's going to do it or right. trust that if she, if she says that something is important and that, you know, she's going to, you know, take care of something that she's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that level of trust is, is critical in a healthy relationship. That's right. right. You have to trust, you have to know deep in yourself that the other person is concerned about you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you, you just have to have that feeling. And if you don't, it's, it's not going to be a partnership or it's going to be a partnership that doesn't last long. And right. the other thing on the other side of that. So on the one hand, you have to feel that the other person cares about you, but on the other hand, you have the obligation to show that you care about the other person. It's not enough just for you to feel okay. You have to demonstrate in tangible, positive ways that you care deeply about, about how this other, how that other person feels and what that other person needs. And that's the fundamental nature of trust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I care about you and, and you care about me, right. that's how we know we can trust each other. That's right. That's if, right. If, if I care about you, then what you need and what you want is, is important to me as well. And so I'm going to try right. to help with that. And, and I think that um, 
that every relationship, whether it's a family relationship or a business, I think of business relationships, if you trust, let's say two people form a business, if you trust your partner, then it's easy to compromise. Right. It's easy to be grace. It's easy to, to uh, be charitable. It's easy to be um, accommodating because there is that basic trust and you're not worried about being hurt. You're not worried about being taken advantage of. You're not worried about, um, um, uh, you're not worried about being um, um, not taken advantage of, but um, what's the other word? That somebody's gonna take you for granted. You're not worried about your person taking you for granted because you have that basic trust. Right. right, absolutely. Now, number three is laughter. And again, this is one, um, when, I, when I did some of the Gottman training uh, courses, he, uh, John Gottman talks a lot about laughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says, you know, it is so important that, um, well, you know, just to put it bluntly, he says, your, your partner has to be your friend. <laughs> and you have to you have to laugh together. You have mm-hmm. to enjoy your time together. And so, you 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 know, we like we said before, it can bring you a good relationship can bring you so much joy. Laughing and and having a good time and, and enjoyment, all of that is part of that. Right. You have to be happy in this relationship. You know, that's the other thing. When you see couples, and we all see them all the time, we see them in restaurants. You see two people; they're obviously a couple. And they're sitting, but they're up. They're not happy. You know, they're they're having a meal together, but there's no joy. There's no happiness in that in that um, in that relationship. And when I think of in in our family, we have one one couple in our family. They're sort of the model marriage, but they have fun together. They're always they're laughing. They're teasing each other, um, even when they make them even when they make mistakes. And they always have all kinds of stories that they laugh about where, where one or the other did something stupid, but they're always, they're teasing each other. They're laughing. They obviously have a lot of inside jokes that nobody else is privy to, but you can see that it's a joyous relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that, that laughter and happiness is so important. Right. Mm -hmm. Number four is openness. And again, we kind of get back to that idea of, you know, vulnerability and just right. being willing to be open and honest and share, you know, no, no secrets, any, anything can be talked about any, anything right. things off limits. Um, you know, even those difficult, really, really challenging conversations, mm-hmm. you have to feel comfortable um, and open to be able to talk to your partner about that. Yeah. It always, it always worries me a little when I, when I hear couples say, well, we don't talk about politics or we don't talk about religion. Or, we don't talk about, and I thought that's always a red flag for me. Okay. And I read a wonderful th- quote the other day. If you have, if you put on rose colored glasses, all flags look the same, you know, but so you have to be able to see the red flags and it, that always worries me. It's always a flag when somebody says, well, we don't discuss politics because Politics is obviously important to you. And if you can't talk about the important stuff, because talking about the important stuff and resolving those differences and hearing each other and accepting each other brings you closer together. The easy topics are easy to do. That That doesn't bring you together. It's managing the difficult stuff that brings you closer together. Right. And, and, you know, and, and again, like we said at the beginning, you don't always have to agree. Um, you know, so, so having discussions and when I, when we think about this, I always go back to that and I don't remember their names, 
but he's a he's a Democratic pundit and she's a Republican oh, pundit. Marley Matlin and the Cajun. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. But but you know, they are very firmly in their camps um, okay. uh, mm-hmm. politically, but they're married and they were they had uh, from what we could anybody could tell, you know, they seem to have a happy happy. you know who else you know who else accomplished that? Ruth Gator Bins Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Antonian Scalia. Oh, right. who were both on the Supreme Court. Scalia was way at one end. Ginsburg was way at the other end, but they had dinners together. They went out together. They went socially together. They had a relationship despite their differences. Right. Yeah. So, so just because, um, just because you have disagreements, you have to be able to be open with each other and you have to be able to share some of those really important beliefs mm-hmm. and, and thoughts and feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. Number five is respect. Now, um, respect is one of those words that I think we use a lot, but we all have it defined in different ways, right? Right. Um, but but when we're thinking about respect, what we're really talking about here is just is just feeling heard um, and feeling as though you belong, um, and that the other person cares about you. It's sort of a it's sort of a an amalgam of a lot of different things. Right. Um, it's not just compliance, you know, a lot of times when, when parents talk about respect from their kids they're talking about their, their child's compliance. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we're just talking about, um, you know, being valued by the other person. That's right. That's right. That you feel that the other person respects you and you respect the other person. It's, it's this two-way street that you feel respected. And as soon as I see couples and that issue pops up and it, it invariably does mm-hmm. uh, in couples therapy is the issue of respect. When, when they say to me, I just don't feel respected. Normally what they're saying is I don't feel heard. I don't feel that my partner is listening to me and is trying to understand what I'm feeling or what I'm saying or what I'm thinking. Okay. So it, it comes down to a lot of it is about communication and, and, and especially being heard. Um, when you feel that feeling heard and feeling as though I'm important. Exactly. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, when, um, how many times Richard, have we worked with couples and, um, you know, they they may feel as though they sit down and talk to each other on a regular Mm -hmm. basis and everything, but, you know, on a Saturday morning, when it comes down between, you know, doing this with your friend or doing this with your wife, he's choosing to do this with his friend every time. Mm-hmm. His wife doesn't feel very important in those circumstances. Right. Sure, sure, right. it's okay from time to time, but you know, it's it's important that we um, we 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 show our partner how how much they mean to us, how much, right. important and the whole notion of being taken for granted. You know, my partner takes me for granted and I do all this stuff, but my partner takes me for granted. Like I had a, I had a friend um, who went through a divorce several years ago and he said, you know, I was I was doing all these things to be to be generous and to be kind and to be respect. But then but all of a sudden they became obligations. It became my job, you know, in the marriage. And he said, that's not really what I intended it to be, that I was taking on a new assignment. I, I was I was doing it. To, to, be a, to be a good partner. And yet I felt like I was just taken for granted more. And it's as bad 
being taken for granted is as bad as being taken advantage of, you know, because, right. and that's how you feel because you build resentment, resentment builds over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, number six is kindness. And, and I think that this one is, um, well, I guess they're all important, but, um, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, when we have disagreements, we want to have, we should have these kind of ground rules. We're not going to call each other names. Things mm-hmm. like that. And, and that to me is where kindness comes in. Um, if, if you're somebody that I care about, right. whether we're, whether we're in a heated discussion, an argument, a fight, whatever we want to call it, I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to be mean to you because, right. because you're somebody that I care about. Why, why would I be mean to somebody that I care about? Right. Right. So I think of showing kindness. I think of, of all these things. I think this is the one that we, this may be the first thing to go away of the, of these seven. It's maybe the first thing that, that sort of evaporates in a relationship because we get, you see couples and you can observe couples who get caught up in these unkind patterns of reaction. And you can tell that this is a tit for tat, or I'm going to try to occupy the high ground, or I'm going to try to get one over on you, or I feel that I have to defend myself. And you see them develop these, these, these patterns of interaction where um, they're not kind, they're not loving, they're not um they're not warmth, they're not warm reactions. You know, they're prickly and you can, you can see the two people uh, developing these patterns, these unkind patterns of interaction. Um, you, will, you will often see people in, in family gatherings where, or, or with friends are around and everybody's cheerful and kind and talking, but when they talk to their partner, suddenly the whole tone changes. Right. You know, and you, as you say, the person that you should be kindest to is the one that we're often most unkind with. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, and, and kindness is, is demonstrated in lots of different ways. Right. And, and so some of those subtle things in the, from the tone of our voice um, and, and some of the words that we use to, to just um, they, I keep referring to the Gottmans, but they, 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 they talk about this, um, this concept of turning toward mm-hmm. uh, you know, when your partner's talking to you, um, do you look at them and do you lean towards them when you're, when you're, when you're listening to them? Um, and, and they said that so many relationships that, you know, don't end so well, um, relationships that aren't going to make it are relationships where that doesn't happen. Um, when the, the partner can be talking and the other person is not even paying attention to them. Um, I had a, I had a kindness and a couple of, about a year ago, and on one of our meetings, one of the discussions was, she will start talking to me as she's walking out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> and he, it really bothered him because it was like, first of all, I can't hear you because your voice is being projected in a different direction. But second, my goodness, if you want to talk to me, come and at least look at me while you're talking to me, okay? And, and again, it was, it was a thoughtlessness I don't, I'm not sure that his partner meant to be unkind, but it sure felt that way because you can't even look at me while we're talking or I'm talking to you and you walk away. Right. Again, these kinds of slights make deep wounds and, and over time, those wounds take a toll. Right. Number seven, uh, the last one on the list here is forgiveness and forgiveness is 
forgiveness is difficult. And, you know, sometimes forgiveness is really a, a difficult thing to, to do. Um, but it's important if you're, if, if the relationship is going to be healthy, if the relationship is going to survive, forgiveness is necessary. Um, and we're not necessarily talking about just talk. We're not just talking about the big things, right. um, but we're talking about the little things, you know, uh, can you forgive him for not, you know, picking up milk on the way home from work, or mm-hmm. can you forgive her for, you know, um, you know, you know, not, um, not being able to, to, to do something that you asked her to do. Um, forgiveness is the, for the small things and for the big things. You know, we, I'm guessing that we have all, that all of us have been in relationships where finding, finding it in your heart to forgive is difficult. Okay. We, we've all had those relationships where we're hurt, but we just, we just find it difficult to be forgiving. You know, uh, um, you people hear people, you hear people say, well, I, I will forgive her, but I won't forget. And that means that I'm not going to forgive her. Um, but we all have relationships where forgiveness is just extraordinarily difficult. We don't feel, we don't feel that sense of, I, I really want to forgive. On the other hand, every once in a while, we enter a relationship where forgiveness is easy. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference is that when forgiveness is easy, there's a level of trust right. and there's a level of security that I know if I know that if I forgive this person, um, it's, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to be taken for granted. Right. I'm not, she's not going to take advantage of me. And I care so much about her that I don't want anything to get between us. Right. Whatever happened is not more important than my relationship with her. Right. There's that there's that bond that exists. There's that attachment that exists that I don't want anything to, to interfere with that. And I find it very easy to forgive that person. Well, I, and I think that's a good point, because the other thing that that communicates is it goes back to trust. Right. Mm-hmm. That. Um, you know, I, I, I trust that um, whatever this transgression was, right. was personal. It wasn't because it was me. It wasn't because you don't like me or that you don't. Right. I, I trust that it was inadvertent or it was. And trust trust is also the issue when a person apologizes to you, mm-hmm. because there are some people in your life when they apologize to you, you know that they mean it. You know that it's heartfelt. You know that they care about you. And there are other people who apologize in a perfunctory way. Well, I'm sorry I did that, but um, I'm really not. I'm, I'm sorry uh, that what I did upset you. <laughs> not really an apology. That's not an apology. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you were offended. No, I'm sorry that I offended you, and and, and mean it. And and in a in a healthy relationship, an apology feels. Um, it really, it feels real. It feels like it's heartfelt. Uh, right. In a difficult relationship, apologies don't register well. Right. So, so I think as, as we pull all this together, I, I think one of the important takeaways is mm-hmm. that um, it is first off of the seven things, communication isn't one of them. Right. Now, That's right. communication is an underlying theme across all of them. Right. Exactly. But you know, one of the things that we often focus on in couples therapy 
um, is what we say that we're focusing on communication. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're talking about is we're using communication to build all of these other things. That's right. Communication builds trust. Communication mm-hmm. shows kindness. Communication right. um, shows forgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. And so we need to communicate to show those things. But communication in and of itself, um, because Richard, we both have seen couples before where they communicate very well, mm-hmm. but they're not doing well. <laughs> it's um, not a good relationship. Not a yeah. good relationship. Right. right. So it's, it's not just what it's not just communicating mm-hmm. the manner of which you're communicating and in some of these right. key facets from uh, what we're talking about today. Right. Yeah. When I look at these seven and you're absolutely right. We always talk about communication, but communication is just a tool. It's not, it's not the entity. Um, but the, I'm working with a couple now they're, they're uh, engaged and they're uh, moving toward a marriage later in the year. And I'm not doing pre-cana counseling. It's just they ask, they've asked me to talk to them about some issues that they're having and they want to make sure they work through them before they get married. And one of the things I found about this couple is that they, they don't yet have a balance between me and we. Right. Okay. Um, they're, they're not quite ready to give up some of their independence. Mm-hmm. to make a relationship and you can you can just feel it in their in their communication in their in their conversations that um and when i talk to them individually uh, privately um there's a lot of talk about well i've been doing this all of my life they're they're a little older uh, older couple so they've been single for a while and and they'll say things like well i've been doing this for eight years you know and, and it's going to be hard for me to give that up but yes they're going to have to find that balance between the life that they had and the life they're going to need if they're going to have a, a true partnership. And right. if they're not ready to give that up, and that's what worries me a little bit as, as, as an advisor, is that if they're not ready to give up some of that me stuff, um, they're, they're going to be in for a difficult time because they have got to let go of that to form that relationship that will sustain them as a couple. Right. Because, you know, as we said at the outset, um, a relationship takes work. It, it takes effort. You have to nurture it. it it's right. it's a, it's like a house plant. We've talked about that before. You know, you you can't. You have to. You have to give it attention. You have to water it. You have to feed it. You, you right. have to do all these things to take care of a relationship so that it can grow in a healthy way. Right. Um, neglecting it in in any of these areas right is, is only going to lead to disaster. Yeah. Um. There's there's a guy. His, his, he lives on Lakeland Highlands Boulevard, Lakeland Highlands Road. Is it Lakeland Highlands Road or whatever that street is? Anyway, yeah. he always has this gigantic garden in his yard. He grows all, all kinds right. of fruit trees. And you, you know, you know the right. yard that I'm talking about. I don't know how he does it. I know I, the yard you're talking about, but like none of our listeners have any idea what you're talking about. Right. But if you live in Florida, gardening is very difficult in Florida. Okay. It is a constant battle. You're battling the heat, you're battling the sun, you're battling rain, you're battling insects, you're battling mold. Um, it's very hard to grow things here. When, when, when I lived up north, you put seeds in the ground and they grew. You might have a few insects, but you could take care of them. It's manageable. I can't grow anything here. <laughs> so, I, so I marvel at this guy who's able to grow. It looks like, you talk about a green thumb. I mean, he's able to grow everything, but he's out there every day. Mm-hmm. That, that's the difference. I'm not in my garden every day. A relationship requires every day. Every day. Okay. If you want to have a good relationship, think of it as a garden. And if you're not in there every day, pulling weeds, tilling the soil, coaxing those seeds, those plants 
to produce. If you're not working at it, your relationship is going to fall apart. You won't know that it's falling apart, but you're going to go out to the garden one day and everything's going to be dead. Yeah. So think of your relationship as a, your relationship is a living uh, organism and you have to nurture it if it's going to survive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. With all of that, I hope you all have a very happy Valentine's day. Yeah. Uh, think about this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and work hard to, to maintain and to nurture those relationships because um, it, it's worth it. It's, it's, it's worth it. We all, we all want that. We all, we all seek that, that intimacy, that um, closeness, that security, that safety, but you have to work at it. Each person has to work every day at it. Absolutely. So, all right. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.